Normally at this point, either I would speak to you or sometimes I brought an ex-military person or a person who had been in the military and now was retired. But we're going to, instead of that, we're going to have a panel today. And I've invited three people to join our panel. And I'm going to invite them as I call their names to, to please come up here. Um, Ray Flaherty, first. Ray's from, uh, from the Korean War era. So Ray, come on up and you can grab a seat right here. And then Gene Elfline. Gene is around here somewhere. Gene is um, served in Vietnam. And so, Gene, if you'll take this, this seat right here. And then all the way on the side, um, Katie Vogie, who served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And if, Katie, if you'd come up here and, and join our panel. You guys can be seated when you come up here. I've asked them, I told them, I gave them, I, I kind of wrote out a list of some, some questions that I want to talk. And this is why we're, why we're doing this today. Um, what I'm learning about the military is I have a son in the military, is that I didn't really understand the military. I thought I did, but I'm finding as I'm spending time with people in the military, like watching that man who, um, you know, he chose to go away and he didn't want to when his baby was born. That, um, that there's an incredible sense of commitment to country and honor and, um, and sacrifice that goes along the military. And so I, I wanted us to get to understand the military a little better. So I brought people from three different um, eras in our country's service. And I just wanted to ask them a few questions so that, so that we can kind of understand people in the military better and maybe understand some of the things that go on in our, their hearts and their minds when they're in the military. And so first of all, I want to start with Ray. And I just want to ask you, um, just tell us a little bit about your military service. I, uh, I was drafted. Uh, I was going to Bible college and I quit uh, Bible college. 30, 30 days later on election day, I was taking my physical and 30 days after that I was in the Army. I served from December 1952 to December 1954. It it was a great experience. I, I went in with the idea that you know, I've got two years to go, and I, it, it, it can either be good or bad, and I'm going to see if I can make it make it good. And, and, and I can honestly say I enjoyed my service. I, uh, there, there's a few times that maybe I didn't, but uh, basic training was probably the, the toughest uh, physically. I mean, they, they, they would, and I'm sure Josh would tell you this, they, they run you till you can't run no more, and then they want two more miles. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, and I, I, I recall going overseas. Uh, we, we were on a boat for 16 days, and they had chapel. And on the way over, the boat was uh, the, the the chapel was full. But a year later, when I came back, you know there wasn't near as many people in chapel. But uh, uh, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, the, the, the fellows I took basic training with went to, to the 7th Division, and fortunately I went to the 25th. And uh, our uh, regimental crest was a golden dragon, so when we were up online, it would, it would, the action would quiet down pretty quickly. And uh, when someone would come up to relieve us, I remember the Marines come up one time to relieve us, and, and, and they, they just shelled us something fierce. To, to make sure that the Marines were welcome. <laughs> and, but uh, I, I'd say probably the highlights of my military service was the fact that I met my wife. And uh, that's a highlight. 
that has been a highlight for 50, 57 years. And and then I also, uh, when I was serving in Korea, my younger brother uh, had to register for the draft, and so I told my parents, Turn it off again. if Wayne has to go to the Army, I'll come back and run the farm. And I was going to be a hero because I thought he was a he was a true blue farmer, and I, I and lo and behold, he volunteered for the draft, and so I went back to the farm, and, and it was it was, a, it was a great experience. For I I told him I'd give him two years. I, I lasted 16 months, but uh, my my dad and I became very close. And as, as a teenager, I left home. I was 17 and a half years old when I left home, and. And I, I knew it all at that age, and I was amazed at seven years later how much he had learned when I came back. <laughs> well, we farm boys learn a little slow. <laughs> but, uh, so you said you said you were drafted. Yes. And so that had to be an incredibly challenging thing. You know, I was looking at the military, uh, the people when we were there, they're, they're all volunteered to go. Um, that had to be a bigger a challenge, knowing that it really wasn't your choice. That that is true, but it, uh, at that time you, the draft was on, and I mean it was just something you lived with. That you knew that, uh, as I say, I knew when I quit school that that I would be in the military very shortly, but I didn't think I'd be in quite that quick. So everybody pretty much knew. Yeah. So and, what a what a, a different challenge. And my my older brother uh, was was in the service. He served. He he went from Africa to Italy and Normandy and and uh, through the bulge and the whole thing. So I, I, I thought I knew what to expect from the military, but it, you know, it's, it's still new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Gene, tell us a little bit about your service. You were in a different conflict. You were in the Vietnam War. <laughs> I was in Vietnam. Not, I did not go to Vietnam. I got trained to be a forward observer for the artillery, um, which they told us was not a long life expectancy. So I was very grateful when they sent me to Okinawa by mistake. <laughs> and um, when I got there, nobody knew what I was supposed to do. So it took about two months, and then they reassigned me to be a, a, a generator operator because the commercial power over there fluctuated so much that all our computers would drop, and uh, we, we wouldn't be online. Where I worked for was uh, uh, Air Defense Command, and we controlled eight missile bases and eight radar bases. And so if the power would drop and we didn't have the generators for backup, we would couldn't defend the island at all. So and then I wound up uh, helping out at night because we were on a 24-hour shift um, you were on duty for 24 hours straight, and you had to man panels and stuff uh, all through the night. And there was a lot of guys who couldn't stay up all night and all of that. So I started doing part of that job until I found out that I was supposed to have a top secret clearance for this. <laughs> uh, couple, uh, about a month later, I got a letter from my dad saying that the FBI was there. <laughs> and what did I do? <laughs> but it was all just to, for my uh, top secret clearance. Uh, 
So I wound up doing that. And when I thought I was going to get out early, they let too many guys go early. So then I got extended six months. Um, so I wound up putting in an extra six months over there. But it, it was a good experience. And, and like he said, that you, you got to make it uh, the best you can. You know, if you go in thinking that uh, it's going to be a certain way and it's just like life anywhere else, you're, you're with different people. You're, when I was in basic training, half the guys were from like Tennessee or Arkansas or someplace. When I went home, um, the people asked me what part of the South I was from. <laughs> and I said, Southern Wisconsin. So, and, you you get so many good friends all over and and uh, it can be a wonderful experience. One thing I I did which I shouldn't have listened to some people who told me. Well, you know one of the things they always tell you is don't volunteer for anything. <laughs> so the first thing that I I got over at Okinawa and they came up to me and asked me if I wanted to volunteer for something. I said no. Turns out it was a chaplain's assistant, <laughs> which would have been a gravy job for me. Um, but I wound up being down. Uh, we had to go to uh, church on Sunday at the Air Force Base. So we always took a, a two-and-a-half-ton truck with about six, seven guys in the back, and we went to church every Sunday. And... Um, well, one, one Sunday a month I couldn't go because I was on duty. But uh, I wound up helping out, setting up for the different services and, and help uh, by being an usher and stuff like that while I was there. So it worked out pretty nice. Now, did you um, enlist? Or was the draft, no, I was drafted. So the draft was still going on? I mean, the draft was going on. We know that from yeah. Vietnam, so you were drafted also. I had to come up to, we all registered at Port back sure. then. And I, I went up. Uh, when to check to see, because you, you're given a number, and then when your number comes up, they, they post it, and then you know you're supposed to go. So I went up to find out how close they were, and the lady that was behind the desk said, you better go out and have a party. It's coming so, quick. Yeah, it, it, it was about a week and a half later. So okay. so what a different era. You know, th those of us who are, you know, I, didn't grow up with that. I remember when I was, I graduated from high school in 82, and we were the first year that had to re-sign up for selective service. And I remember how, what a big deal that was, thinking, oh, we're all going to get drafted. And that, that idea of, of not only the people, again, who go voluntarily, but those who go just because their country says they have to. And that you went there with good attitudes and said, well, I'm going to serve because I've been asked to by my country. Katie, why don't you tell us about your service? Well, I was not drafted. I volunteered to go. <laughs> there was no draft. <laughs> there was no draft. Um, I was in the Navy. I was an operations specialist. I was stationed on the nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, the USS Ronald Reagan. When I was stationed on the Reagan, it was the biggest, best ship in the fleet. It still is. Um, <laughs> Um, I was deployed in 2006 in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, 
And I would say, like these two gentlemen, I love my time in the Navy. I look back at it with just the fondest of memories. Um, I meet so many good, you know, chosen family. They're now, you know, my chosen family. And we still stay in contact with each other. And, um, you know, I look back at my time and I just think, you know, the Navy did for me what the military is supposed to do for a lot of people that didn't really have, like, a whole lot of direction. Um, you know, I just went in and it did, I think, what it was supposed to do. And I look back and um, my experiences overseas, they taught me so many life lessons. You know, like Ray, um, I went into the Navy thinking I knew more than um, my parents did. <laughs> <laughs> and about 24 hours into boot camp, I realized that um, <laughs> how little I really knew. <laughs> and uh, how much I, you know, the gravy train ran pretty good at my house. So, uh, Even though you didn't think so. Even though I thought that, you know, I was like in boot camp at my house when I really went there. <laughs> it was Club Med at home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, start with you, Katie. Um, was there, maybe, maybe you're saying, well, not really to this answer or no, um, but was there any spiritual lessons that you learned in the, in the military? Um, you know, was it a positive, spiritually, was it positive for you or was it negative? Was there a spiritual impact? Um, I would say that I did learn a lot of spiritual lessons. I realized them more after I got out of the Navy. Um, but there's definitely things that I learned while I was there that have impacted my walk with God now. Okay. Um, but I would say, like, my time in the Navy wasn't the most spiritual time in my life. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Gene, how about you? You ended up working for doing church service and stuff. Yeah. Um, was there any positive or negative spiritual implications due to the military service? Well, I, th I think that I learned back then that I wasn't in control of things. And so I learned to believe that uh, God was going to take care of a lot of things. And I think that helped me later on in life that, you know, going through my life that uh, I knew that I didn't have the power to to change things and that God was going to do it. So you learned to have more trust in God. Yeah. Less trust in yourself. Excellent lesson. How about you, Ray? Was there anything spiritually positive? I know you were raised in a Christian home and going to Bible college. Was there anything positive or negative about your military? Well, I and, I and my roommate in uh, North Shadow made a real smart choice. We were going to backslide and go into service. <laughs> so I, I was not a not a real stellar Christian, but uh, there are numerous times that uh, that when I would get in a situation, I knew how to pray. You knew how to pray. You see, that's what that's what that's reason I asked the question. That's what Roger was saying. Yeah. He talked about a lot of people met Jesus in the military, and uh, I, I think my first night there, I uh, they they got us up probably at four o'clock in the morning and, and put us on a on a train with wooden seats and no windows and and, and we're going up to the front and on the, the tracks coming back there's ambulances with the sirens blowing and then these small helicopters with, with two gurneys on each coming back and, and there there had been a just a, a, a severe battle but it, it, fortunately I was Ray Flaherty's luck I was always one day behind everything I uh, when, when I got there, the, the guys had no sleep for about 72 hours. And uh, so they put me out on guard the first night, and I'm walking up to the perimeter, and I, I don't even know where I'm at. 
but nobody come out to go to the bathroom because I was walking with a fixed fixed bayonet and <laughs> and a round in a barrel. I was ready, but uh, as I say, it uh, there, there were some times that. That you look back and, and but now I can look back at him with 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 pleasure because I, I the Lord did did take care of me and I I knew my mom was praying and my dad and so I mean it uh, it, it it was a big help. Good, good. Um, any one of you answer this, and maybe you more than one can answer. What would you say to someone today considering joining the military? A little different time. They're not drafted today. Might be in the future, but not now. What would you say to somebody considering joining the military? I, I think one thing that I think we all agreed on is you got to go in with an open mind for one thing. And being a Christian, I think, helps a lot um, because a lot of times in the military, you're on your own or you're told that okay, you're rest now because you got to run over here and you got to do this and the military is all hurry up and wait so yeah <laughs> so hurry Josh over said. Here and you <laughs> sit there for like three hours trying to figure out now I'm sitting out in this hot sun waiting to go through a drill why can't we do the drill now <laughs> okay so meanwhile you're there and you start thinking about your family or you start thinking about friends and and if you can turn your mind to where you can say a prayer to Jesus and ask him for his help or whatever it that makes a big difference you you actually have somebody there with you okay anybody else something you would you would uh, say to someone considering joining the military i would say um you know, I always, when people ask me about my time in the military, I always, you know, probably much to their dismay of the parents, I always encourage them because I, <laughs> you know, my mom wasn't too, um, you know, happy when I encouraged my brother to join the Army. <laughs> um, but I always look back at my time and I just have such fond memories and I think that, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, joining the military, um, you know, I would say, well, what I did was I made a list of pros and cons. Um, and I, the pros list was like about 12 items long, and the cons list was two items. And one of those was that I was going to get eaten by a shark. So that was like <laughs> a real, like, con, you know. Um, so the pros... That didn't happen, did it? It did not. <laughs> um... But the, the pros so much outweigh, you know, the other item on my list was that I was going to miss my family. And that is true whether you join the military or you go off to college. Those things, you know, they're inevitable. You will miss your family. But the things that I gained from my time in the Navy, you know, so much outweigh, you know, the things that I missed. And I would say, you know, really, like, search your heart, you know. Um, think about why you're doing what you, why you're thinking about doing that. You know, what are your reasons behind them? And um, that's what I would say, you know, just go in there, like they said, like with an open mind. Let it do, let the military do what it's supposed to do for you. They've done it just a few times, haven't they? Just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> that was one thing that impressed us, looking at how they process so many people. The base that we're at, Fort Jackson, is the largest base for training Army people and they said what in the world it was they pump out 1200 soldiers out of boot camp every week 
And so every week, boom, another 1,200. So that what we went to, they do that every single week, a graduation. I'm sure there's some Christmas or something they schedule it that it doesn't happen, but almost every single week there's a graduation, 1,200 more. That's just one base. It's just amazing. And so they kind of know what they're doing, don't they? The thing that I learned that I never knew before was that also the, the drill sergeants that, um, you're, that you, on TV, the view you get is that they're these mean, nasty people. What they told us, and that kind of was true, um, but that they were the elite, the elite in the military. They're the best of the best is what they took. They had to pass all these tests, and Josh said they were phenomenal. And so that idea that they're there to be mean to you wasn't true. They're there to prepare you. They know what they're doing. So that's anything else anybody want to add to somebody about that? Lee, I think you're making a really good decision with the Navy. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Wysocki. <laughs> let me add, let me add one, more, one more question. Um, and I know I gave you a list of a whole bunch of questions. I said we'd go through them only as time allowed. So one more question. And you can, you can all add, add to this if you have something else you want to add. And this, for us as, as, as family members... And for a church family, how should we pray for those in the military? What are the most important things we should pray for, for someone in the military, when they're gone? I, I would say uh, pray for, for protection, but most of all, uh, pray for their, their spiritual being. I mean, uh, you, you, there's there just a, an awful lot of a Satan around in the service. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm just so proud of somebody like Josh that, that can go in there and stand up for his for his Lord and and, and lead somebody to that. I mean that that just speaks wonders. And and I, as I say, I, I would say pray for their their safety and their spiritual welfare and and uh, just trust in the Lord that they bring them back good. I know one of the things, and I want you to add one of the things we've been led to pray for for Josh that we didn't really think of going in was that God, we didn't realize how close they have a bunkmate. You know, they have a person who's like their one person. That God would give the exact right person for them to team up with. And uh, in Josh's case, the first leg, boot camp, was a guy named Link. Now everybody goes by their last name, Link. Link's got a terrible background. Uh, Lint, I'm sorry, not Lint. Lint, not Link. Lint and... This young man was a little bit older than Josh. He came and thanked us for the young man we have raised because he had a praying grandma. He knew nothing about Jesus, but she gave him a devotional when he left. And him and Josh went through the devotion every day. And he was, he was one who was going to get baptized because he given his heart to Christ. But he had some medical issue came up, which the day of the baptism in their chapel service, he couldn't be there. But um, praying for the right person for them to hook up with. I thought it was important. What else? Anything else you want to add, or did Ray summarize it all? I, I think he, he got the gist of it. it. There's a lot of lonely hours that you have in the military, and sometimes it's, it's so much nicer if you can divert your attention to praying to Jesus or, or um, you know, because you miss your family so much. And then at times you're sitting by yourself. I know it depends on your job that you have in the military. Um, the one I had, I wound up sitting in this building with three diesel generators through a hurricane. 
and I wound up sitting on top of my desk with a chair because the water was about ankle deep in there and I'm running electrical generators so it's <laughs> not, a, not a real good thing but I had to sit there for oh 70 some hours by myself with this constant noise you couldn't listen to a radio all I heard was the generators and the wind blowing the rain through the building because on each side of the building there was just louvers, no windows. So the rain would come in and run out the bottom on the other side. So the, the times when they're alone, that they can use that time to help themselves is the thing to pray for. All right. Anything you want to add, Katie? I would just say, like, prayer for, you know, decision-making every day in the military, you know, while you're so far away from your family or the people that usually offer you direction, um, you know, you're faced with making these decisions all the time, and I just would encourage you to pray for them for the decisions that they have to make. All right. Hey, let's give these guys a hand as they return to their seats. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Katie. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to answer a question for you in, in closing. That maybe, you, maybe you're asking, maybe you haven't asked. And the question is this. Because the question I ask myself before I've agreed to do this service every year. Kind of something we've just done the last four years. I mean, a lot of times a church will say, oh, it's Veterans Day. Let's stand up, clap your hands, and sit down. Um, but we take an entire Sunday, and we honor our veterans. And the question I've asked myself, and a question that you maybe ask yourself, is why would we take an entire Sunday to recognize and to thank those who have served in the military? We don't take, don't, don't throw anything at me, but we don't take an entire Sunday and honor moms on Mother's Day. That's a change. We don't, do we? I celebrate moms and I preach my normal message. We don't take an entire day to celebrate dads on Father's Day. We give them some gift, the kids make something, we, you know, we give them and they go out. Not that it would be bad to do those things, but we've chosen not to do that. The only one day a week, a year, where we take a whole day and set it aside for one particular group of people and, uh, and focus the entire service on it is on Veterans Day. And uh, why do we do that? Again, the other ones wouldn't be bad. It's just how we've chosen to do things. But the verse that I think directs us, and I know this could apply to other groups, um, but that really I want to have us understand... Um, that kind of directs me and our leadership team on why we do this, is from Romans 13.7, it says this. And this is the, 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 the summation of it, it's kind of the last couple words of the verse. basically says this, um, Render honor to whom honor is due. Render honor to whom honor is due. And I know there's a lot of people we can't honor, but as I think about giving honor to people, I can't think of a group of people who deserve more of our honor than people who have served in the military. Because... Our military, the way our nation is structured, you know, we have all these incredible freedoms. But those freedoms, you hear the saying, freedoms aren't free. Um, that somebody, some group of people have to stand and defend those freedoms. Just imagine this for a moment. Imagine if we had no military. Do you think we'd have the freedoms we have? You know, we are at a war right now. We're at a war with, I, I think, um, with radical Islam. And I think radical Islam's goal is to take over the world. And if we didn't have a military, um, we wouldn't be worshiping Jesus today. Because the Al-Qaeda and radical Islam would invade America, 
would, um, because they use, they're trying to anyways, they, you know, they, you know, 10 years ago bombed, um, you know, a 9-11 and, and there's constant attacks and they just, you know, in Benghazi they just did another attack. They would come here and they would overtake us if they could. You know why they can't? It's because of our military. It's because as a nation, we recognize that we need to defend our freedoms. And when I look at who we need to celebrate and honor, I think our military is at the top of the list. And sometimes I think we forget that. And that's why we take an entire Sunday to remember that. That's why we take an entire Sunday to say to our young men and our young women who are at, that, at those decision-making stages of their life, you know what, this is an honorable path if you want to take it. When I was raised, I was raised with, again, no military background at all. It was, um, you know what, you don't go into military. The only people who go to military are people who can't do anything else. That's the way I was taught. I've come to find out that's not true. When I went down to basic, um, and Josh, I saw the best and the brightest. I saw people in his class. One guy that he shipped out with was a mar- uh, engaged man, a little bit older, two bachelor's degrees, and he is going for geo- geospatial engineering in the United States Army. He could do all kinds of jobs. And he's going to serve his country, and his, his MOS, his, uh, his job, will be in geospatial engineering. Uh, he was no dummy. He could do anything. He had a beautiful fiance. And he could have done other things, but you know what? He said, I want to serve my country in his capacity. They're some of the best and the brightest. And we need to give honor to whom honor is due. When we were at basic training, they did something, and I wanted to, to, um, to read it for you. Every day, we asked Josh about it. As a whole group, 1,200 of them, um, said the Soldier's Creed. And the Soldier's Creed, I'm assuming, is different for every branch of the military. Because it actually, in their Soldier's Creed, it actually says about being in the army. But I'm sure they have a creed that's similar in all the branches of the army, or the military. But the reason I want to read this to you today is because it says the things that they are fighting for, or willing to fight for. And it has to do with you and me. It has to do with our nation staying free as it is. And so this is the Soldier's Creed, and they all said it together, and then we told Josh, we couldn't understand it, tell us it in the car. So he told us the Soldier's Creed, and then I said, oh man, I've got to print that off and, and tell the church it on Sunday. And this is what, they, this is what they, the creed that they repeat every single day as a soldier. It says, I am an American soldier. I am a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States, and I live the Army values. I, I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined physically and mentally tough, trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. I am an expert, and I am a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of the freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. And I listened to that as they said that, And I recognize that a lot of what they vowed was for you and me. You know, they stood there in their creed and they said that that they will fight for the people of the United States. Matter of fact, they say we will serve the people of the United States. They will serve you and I. That they will fight for, it says in the creed, for our freedom and for the American way of life. And I appreciate that because I have lived in other countries, been in different places, visited a lot of countries, and every time I come back to America, I want to kiss the dirt. Because we have the greatest place in the world. Not because of our politics. Not because we don't have problems. Not because we're all special or different. It's that we have a way of life that's guaranteed in our Constitution that was based on Christianity that it says we're all given rights 
And we have the, the right and the freedom to worship God fully. That's the real reason America was founded. So the connection between the military and our ability to worship freely is linked from the very beginning of our nation and is tied to forming an army that will defend that, a military rather, that will defend that. You know, the American way of life, the greatest thing about the American way of life is that we have the freedom to worship Jesus freely. That my son could lead another soldier to Christ and be baptized during boot camp. That's only in America. That um, we have the freedom today to come together and celebrate openly Jesus. That's only in America. I've lived in places you couldn't do that. Matter of fact, right now, today, billions of people on this planet, billions, could not do this if they wanted to. Because they don't have a, they don't have a constitution that allows it and a military that will fight for it. And I'm awful glad for that fact that we have that freedom and ability in America. So God's word says to honor people to whom honor is due. And I hope that today what we've done for all of you who have served in the military or are currently in the military, that we have done that today. Because that's been our attempt. By the grace of God to honor you today for who you are and what you've done. And I ultimately hope that what we have done, uh, what we have and we will continue to understand that it all really comes down to honoring our Lord, Jesus Christ. Because he's the one who, had the, who birthed the idea. I really believe that. To have this one nation under God. You know, indivisible liberty and justice for all. It was God's idea, inspired by God, into the, into the very hearts of the man who founded this nation, who understood then that we had to defend what was started. And so I hope ultimately that we honor our Lord Jesus Christ for inspiring what we have. And that we utilize the freedoms that he's given us not to just seek pleasure, but we utilize the freedoms that he's given us in order to tell other people about the great love of God. Because we have a freedom that a lot of people in the world don't have. And that we will take as seriously our, our a commission from the Lord to go into all the world and tell the, to preach the gospel to all creation, making disciples of all the nations, that we will take that as, as seriously as our creed, as the military takes their creed, to defend and fight and maybe die for this land. So would you stand with me this morning? We are going to pray. And then we'll retire the flag in just a minute. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us in this land. And Lord, I know that different people in different countries stand and they salute their flag and they, and they take pledges to their, to their nation. And we understand that. Um, but Lord, we do understand as we look across the whole globe that in America we have freedom. In America, ultimately, we have freedom to love you and worship you and serve you. And we are so grateful for that freedom. We pray now, God, that one component of that freedom is a military. And that, Lord, you would watch over and guard and protect our military as they um, serve us on different corners of the globe. Lord, for the families in this church that have, have chosen to allow their young ones to go off to military service, I pray a special blessing upon them, those who will be leaving soon, those who have just left now. God, I saw the tears on the faces of thousands of people this week who love their children and their spouses so much, but said, but we're willing to let them go for the good of the nation. So Lord, we pray your blessings upon all of them today. And every service person who is in this, co- in this congregation today, we pray a special blessing upon them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.